Hi, everyone. Welcome to Conservative Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah B., and this is the podcast that's fighting back against liberal lunacy, the lies of feminism, and of course, the destruction of the progressive left by refocusing us on those if bombs that truly matter faith, family, friendship, and now more than ever, freedom. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can catch me over on Instagram, Stirring Up Trouble at Lady Devil Dog USMC. I also have a backup account, Conservative Mama Podcast, and you can always feel free to email me at conservativemamapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for the listens and the messages and the words of encouragement. I absolutely appreciate it. You guys have no idea. Um, you know, it, it's, it is rough all around the world uh, just for any number of reasons. So you know what? I am not going to rehash um, Monday and weirdly Tuesday's podcast. I know it was a rare one. Um, What can I say? I I never record on Tuesdays, right? But I was just so irritated. On one hand, you know, you are glad to see the Republicans doing something. On the flip side, you wonder where they're all at, right? So I'm not going to rehash that. Um, I don't necessarily want to take a break from Afghanistan or the information uh, coming out of there um, because I am tired of talking about it. Um, I just feel like there is an awful lot of hopelessness and despair um, in the air tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I went there. Um, but I just I feel like there is a lot of um, just this sense of impending doom and I'm not saying it's wrong because in the next few days we could see a very terrible situation unfold um but I think what we need to do is refocus ourselves on the faith f-bomb right and it's hard in these trying times I think it's very very difficult to um, center our minds and our hearts and, you know, not be uh, pulled into the chaos and the despair that we feel um, watching these events unfold. Whether it is, you know, our children returning to school in these godforsaken masks or it is the Pfizer vaccine getting full FDA approval, um, which of course we all know will swiftly be followed by vaccine mandates and more segregation and more, um, you know, people choosing to do the wrong thing, though they might be feeling as if they're choosing to do the right thing. Um, You know, already in Florida, you're seeing doctors walking out in protest because they don't want to deal with unvaccinated uh, patients, to which I would like to remind them of their Hippocratic Oath. Um, You've probably had all kinds of unvaccinated patients in your career. You know, I'm sure that you have probably bumped into someone who didn't receive any vaccines as a child, or maybe very minimal, um, and you didn't feel so compelled then for much, you know, more dangerous diseases or communicable diseases than COVID. Um, and yet you, you, you remained a doctor, but now you're not going to treat them because they didn't take a 
COVID vaccine. You know, and before I move on from that point, um, it blows my mind how quickly people are willing to trample upon the rights of others and, you know, scream and yell and, and act up because um, individuals such as myself, I, uh, you know, want to sit back and go, well, you know what, there isn't really any data there. You say it's safe, but, um, you know, you told the Afghan people that you were going to not abandon them. And yet here we are, right? So, you, you know, the government has a strong tendency of lying and doing the opposite of what they tell people, right? There's also the issue of, um, you know, blank physicians inserts. There is the issue of the flip-flopping Dr. Fauci. There is the um, alarming issue of censorship where, you know, American citizens can only hear the prescribed narrative and nothing else. It will be taken down off of uh, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, or it will be tagged with uh, fact checker uh, warning labels, or it has the little ticker at the bottom that says, you know, for more information, and click this, right? Um, my personal favorite on Instagram is when you go to share some information that goes against the narrative, for instance, and it, it warns you, you know, that this could be false information. Are you sure you want to continue sharing? You know what, even if it is false information, I absolutely you that the fact that that little blurb popped up makes me want to share it more actually i actually want to share it with everybody that i am you know in communications with at any time even if it's total lunacy i don't care what it says like yeah eh, this is totally nuts totally completely crazy i'm going to share it all over the place because of that singular little thing like eh, are you sure you want to do it yes now i am 100% sure yes um so I think what we need to do, and I, you know, this will probably not be one of my most popular podcasts, but who knows? Because I think, you know, when you start talking about faith for people who, um, you know, are really struggling with it, it's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to consider. Um, in these dark, dark moments where it really looks like on every front, evil is winning. It is very hard, I think, for anyone, Christian, devout Catholic, um, you know, whatever, to not wonder where God is in these moments. It is very hard to go through difficult times and not ask the question. And I'm not going to say don't ask. You know, I, I am absolutely guilty of saying, you know, God, where are you? And when I think to myself, oh, I should not ask that. He's always with me. But I have to also remember that, uh, you know, Jesus on the cross asked out to God and said, you know, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because maybe in that moment, he felt so distant from God as he was preparing to die. I mean, he had been whipped and beaten and nailed to a cross, the pain of which, of that entire experience from start to finish is unfathomable that he had to have felt 
on some human level, because remember, he was both human and divine. On that human level, maybe he was feeling very alone in that moment, very alone, although he knew that God would never forsake him. He would never leave him. And he was probably more present with him in that moment than at any other time. I'm not a theologian, so you know I'm sure um, theologians, maybe you've got a different take on it, but that's my thought on it. That he was probably never more with his son than in those moments and how heartbreaking it had to be. We know it was heartbreaking for his mother. I can't even imagine she was told by St. Uh, Simeon that she would be the first martyr. A sword too shall pierce your heart. And how awful. Um, I know for my Christian friends, you guys are often very confused about our um, the Catholic adoration of Mary. Um, and I hope I can break that down a little bit here respectfully. Catholics take a lot of heat from Protestants uh, in that, you know, the Protestant Reformation was, you know, oh, we worship uh, God and, you know, the Catholics are sinful because they worship other, other, you know, entities, Mary, saints, so on and so forth. And that is not the case. It's a bold-faced lie. We don't worship Mary. We don't worship the saints. We ask for their intercession on our behalf. These are people, if you think about it, I'm, you know, hopefully I can make this, um, simple without being too simplistic. Think about it, um, you know, if you are an adult and you are new at the job, you've got a new job, you're brand new, um, you might have some experience, you know, maybe maybe you have done this, uh, something similar before, but you've never done this job at this company before. You're brand new. And uh, you get to your, your space, wherever you're working, and um, you get your first couple of tasks, and you know basically you know, what they're looking for um, and, and round about how to produce the results. You can do it, right? You, you, you've got the training. You, you've got that. Um, but you need some guidance, you need some extra help. So you go to your coworkers who have been there longer, who might be able to decipher, you know, the company speak. Every company's got that, right? Like every time you switch companies, you have to learn the new lingos, right? And companies just love acronyms. So um, it can be very difficult. You know, you're an outsider. You, you understand your, your job, but you may not understand all of the lingo. Um, and so those coworkers step in and they help you out and they give you some guidance and um, they, it, it's not about them. It's so that you can do your job to the best of your ability um, so that ultimately the boss and the company are happiest with you, right? And you can maybe someday get promoted, in, you know, into the big chair or wherever, right? Again, that's very simplistic, extremely simplistic, Um but that's sort of the idea, right? We ask the saints. The saints uh, have gone through trials and tribulations for which they are adored. Um, and we ask them, you know, uh, St. Joseph, for instance, um, Mary's husband and Jesus's stepfather. He, you know, is the patron saint of, of uh, fathers and of, you know, being foster fathers and, and, and uh, you know, stepfathers. He is... Um, the patron saint of, I think, you know, 
those at risk. So those who are, you know, are in flight for their lives, right? Joseph did as the angel told him and took his wife and baby Jesus into the desert to escape Herod. Um, So he had to be brave in those moments, but we don't hear anything from Joseph. Uh, We don't hear about him. And halfway through the gospels, he completely vanishes, Uh, not even halfway, like pretty much early on, he just totally vanishes. Um, After Jesus turns 12 and is found in the temple, you really don't hear about him ever again. Um, But we ask St. Joseph, you know, hey, you know, pray for us. If you are a father, you know, um, a lot of fathers, Catholic fathers will will ask St. Joseph to help them be a better father, be a better leader of their families. Um, And so with Mary, it's the same thing. She, She is absolute, she was revered by Jesus. She inspired him to perform his first miracle before it was time. And she did it in the most loving and gentle manner. It was always, her her manner and tone has always been loving and gentle. She has always been uh, the model for women and all of us in general um, in that humble submission to God's will. Our pride gets in the way and we say, oh, I can't do this. No, no, thank you. This is very difficult. Um, But... Mary is the symbol of humility and surrender to God's will. And in these dark times, Catholics will very often turn to her and ask for her intercession on our behalf um, because she has sway with her son. He loved her. He obeyed her until he was 30. He lived with her. He obeyed her. Um and he he just loved her on such a deep level so then at the cross he loved her so much that he gave her to us to the world when he said to saint john um you know son behold your mother and mother behold your son um that is him giving her to the world and she did she became that foundation for their strength uh, for the apostles, you know, when they needed some guidance, when they needed some, um, you know, closeness, because Jesus had had then ascended eventually into heaven 40 days after he rose, um, they could touch base with her. She became their mother. And, and it was, it's never about herself. She always pointed their hearts back to her son. And that's what she continues to do to this day. So I think when we talk about faith in these dark times, like I said, it's very easy to stumble and say, you know, God, where are you? Where are you? Look at these poor people in Afghanistan. We've got American citizens. The situation is getting completely out of control. We are going to witness horrors upon people, and that breaks our American hearts. We're good people. We are good and generous people. This, this is awful. We don't want to see this play out for anyone, no one. Where are you in these situations? And it feels sometimes like God is very far away from us. We are in this darkness, perhaps. For the Catholic Church, you know, it's kind of a twofold ugliness because we have a Pope who seems to be bent on waging war against the Catholic Church. 
Um, he seems to have it out for the traditional Latin Mass, which is the Mass of Christ. Um, he seems to <laughs> just despise all things Catholic. Uh, he, you know, the Ten Commandments, for instance. Um, he doesn't feel are they're more of suggestions. They're not really commandments, despite the name. <laughs> um, it, Jesus took them seriously. Mary took them seriously. The apostles took them seriously for centuries. Catholics all over the world took them seriously, um, but now suddenly they they are um, not to be taken all that. So they're more of guidelines, right? It's a suggestion. Um, and for us in the Catholic Church, this is very startling to hear come from a Pope. And it's, we know for Catholics, we have been told, um, you know, that the Catholic Church will go through a dark period um, where she will suffer essentially like the crucifixion. She is in this moment, perhaps now, according to uh, Cardinal Maria Vigano, um, where we are entering this time, like I said, of crucifixion, where she is being betrayed by her leaders in the same way Christ was betrayed um, by his closest apostles. Uh, everybody vanished into the ether when he was arrested except for John and Mary Magdalene um, and his mother Mary. They remained with him um, or close to him all the way up until his death on the cross. Uh, I have heard it mentioned that um, all of the other apostles were met mar deaths of martyrs, so they were all martyred, um, except for St. John and St. Mary Magdalene, um, and of course, his mother, Mary, uh, did not. But because those three followed him all the way to the cross, um, they did not find themselves martyred. Um, I don't think God would have allowed the mother of Christ to be martyred, but um, Mary Magdalene and uh, St. John were not martyred. They lived long lives, as did Mary. She lived a long life. Um, and so... I think it's very beautiful and very telling to remember that we are not alone. I was talking to my daughter about the, the poem Footprints. Do you guys remember that? I think, it, I don't know, maybe it came out in the 80s. It was like all the rage. Like every Catholic house that I knew of had a um, copy of this somewhere, usually on the refrigerator, the Footprints poem. And for those of you who aren't familiar, um, it I'm just going to sum it up. And basically it's... Uh, a, a a narrator right walking on the beach with Jesus and uh you know he's kind of laying out all his troubles and then all of a sudden it, it just I don't remember what happens like he stumbles and, and his troubles get very heavy and um all of a sudden you know he looks back and there, you know, he'd been looking backwards and there had been two sets of footprints and then as his troubles really weigh on him or her um all of a sudden there's one set of footprints in the sand and the narrator asks, you know, I, I was going through the worst time in my life in this moment. Why did you leave me then, Jesus? Why did you leave me? You were walking alongside of me all of this time, but in the worst time of my life, in these hardships that I have faced, 
um, there was only one footprint, set of footprints in the sand. Why did you leave me then? To which Jesus replies, uh, I didn't leave you. It was in those moments that I picked you up and carried you. Which I think is very poignant and I think is very easy for us to forget. Like I said, as we look around and the whole world seems to be in the grips of a great evil that is no longer hiding. It is absolutely in our faces. It is flexing its muscle on every front, trying to shock us and disgust us. And um, I don't know, just make us look at things like, you know, that, well, there's no way out. There's no way out. It's, you know, it's just, there's evil everywhere. It's on, you know, it's, it's in our government. It's in our institutions. It's, you know, right here at home, you know, in your public systems and it's across the sea and it's, you know, in Australia and, and in other countries and it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We can't escape. Um, Jesus, why did you leave us now? To which Jesus says, I'm carrying you through this. You know, God sends chastisements to us not because he wants us to suffer. That's the last thing a loving father wants. You know, if you're a parent, you know this. You don't want to have to punish your children, but it does them no good if you never punish them, right? We've, I think we see an entire generation of rotten to the core kids who are now, you know, behaving badly in cities like Portland and, and Seattle, and and so on and so forth. Like these are kids who are participation trophy award winners all of their lives, have had probably no repercussions for any of their spoiled brat actions. And now that they're on kind of this national stage, um, weirdly, local governments are telling police officers and whatnot to stand down and can let them continue to behave like petulant children. Um, and so God sends us chastisements, not because he hates us, but because he loves us, because he wants to give us those second chances. Here's another chance. You guys have another day to get it right. Come on. If God wanted to, he could snap his fingers all Thanos style and, and vanish us into, we blip right out of here. Um, but he's not doing that. He's not flooding the earth. He's not raining fire down from the heavens. He's not doing that yet. So perhaps all of this evil is being allowed to run wild all over the world because what God is trying to do is show us this is evil. This is going to get worse. This is how awful it can be, and, and then some. It can get so much worse. Every day it's getting worse and worse and worse. And it feels like we're just picking up speed to this inevitable destructive end. But God has a way so that we go, look, all of this evil, all of this evil, I've given you guys another day. Repent for your sins. Pray. Fast. Make sure that you are, are, you know, fasting for reparations for your sins and for the sins of others because there are still good people here. Remember, I think it was Lot when the angels came to Lot and said they were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot said, well, what if I find, 
you know, a hundred good people. And the angel said, well, then God says he won't destroy it. And then, um, or maybe he was talking directly to God, if I remember correctly. And then he says, well, what if I find 10 good people? God says, well, then I won't destroy it. And he says, what if I find just one good person? And God said, then I won't destroy it. Ladies and gentlemen, that works for us as well. That's kind of the, you know, the deal we're making here, right? There are still good people on this planet. There are still wonderful people who are praying and who are trying to, you know, make reparations for the sins of others, people who are fasting for others, people who are, um, you know, living difficult lives in order for other people to serve other people, um, and so on and so forth. There are all kinds of different ways that, that people are following the Christ example and, and serving each other to make their lives, to make their communities, to make someone's life better. And I think strongly that's why God hasn't said, that's it, and he's sending down the fires from heaven. Remember, he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because Lot went about, and he couldn't find even that one good person. He couldn't find that one person. Actually, I think it was Job. Good Lord, look at me. <laughs> Get your story straight. Get grief. I really think it was Job. <sighs> That's the Old Testament, though, folks. It's, you know, sometimes. And, you you know, Protestants, like, you guys think you've got a lot of books. Look, you all cut some stuff out. The Catholic Bible has all of the books. People are like, wow, wow. My mother-in-law, I love her to death, but she's like, you know, you know, we don't need to go to Catholic church because we've got the Bible. And I said, well, it was written by the Catholics, so there you go. And I'm not saying the books, but they was all put together by the Catholic Church, so you're welcome, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> just kind of a, a funny aside. It always kind of makes me giggle when I think about it. Um, but anyway, you know, for us Catholics, we have um, we are familiar, or we should be familiar, with Our Lady of Fatima where Mary came in 1917 and talked to the three little uh, shepherd children, um, you know, and told them about uh, the wrath of God, how he was much offended by the sins of people and how it was going to get so much worse. She warned about uh, communism coming out of Russia. She didn't say uh, communism. Uh, She does talk about it um it other apparitions although i don't think she used the words communism but she does uh she talks about the errors of russia which were communism uh, of course and marxism and what we are seeing today feminism um almost anything that ends in ism right <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding um but because <laughs> there's catholicism hey awkward anyway but she does talk about it and you know she says god is much offended and if you cannot convince people to change their ways you know where they were coming out of world war one of course the three little children knew very little about it they knew of course about world war one um but they they it's not like they were watching you know fox news every night or or msnbc or something so they most of most of the the three kids, I don't think they were literate at all. She asked them, she wanted them to learn to read. Um, 
So I think when she started her visitations to them, they weren't even literate. So you can bet that they were only hearing what was going on through uh, the town. So they knew of World War I. But um, she said, you know, God is much offended. And if, if mankind doesn't change his ways, um, a worse war is coming as a chastisement for the sins of humanity. And of course, we know that she was absolutely right. And World War II broke out not very long after. Um, and it was a worse war by all intents and purposes. It was a very much worse war. So, you know, she wasn't, she absolutely nailed it. Um, but she didn't give them no hope. She gave them hope and said, you know, that, uh, you know, these things can be avoided if they consecrate Russia to my immaculate heart. These, these um, communism, the, this feminism, all this stuff isn't going to leave and it's not going to spread its errors across the world. Of course, um, the popes didn't consecrate Russia to her immaculate heart and so communism spread across the world and so here we are. Um, but... she doesn't leave us without hope and she talks to us you know hey make sure that you are praying make sure that you are fasting make sure that you are adhering to um adoration and and that's something that I need to to begin in my life because I, I've never done it um but as I get older and I see what's going on in the world, I realize just how important faith is and how many warnings we have had and how many second chances every day. Every day is a, is a gift and a second chance. You know, God's not raining fire from the sky yet. So every day is a second chance. And as we look on this world as it's losing its mind, remember that God's not raining fire down yet. We get another chance. We get another chance to be better and to be um, repentant and to try to drag humanity out of its horror and its sinful ways. Um, and even if the church, the Christian church, the Catholic church is driven underground, it's not going to disappear it's not going to leave us. The Christian church, the Catholic church is not going to leave us. Christian faith is here to stay. This is, this is foretold. God says, you know, look, there's going to be trials and tribulations. Y'all brought this upon yourself. It's like when you warn your kids, right? Like if you do that one more time, there's going to be hell to pay, right? Like if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes, you have to punish the ones you love. And it should always come out of a place of love and not out of a place of rage and, and anger. But, you know, it happens because we are flawed. But God isn't. And so every day we get another chance. So I want you guys to focus on that. Again, this will probably not even be one of my most popular podcasts. But I think, you know... We need to look skyward. We need to look up 
and we need to recognize that we cannot change anything on our own. We need divine intervention and divine mercy and you know, asking the saints who have gone before us, who have lived through terrible times and have suffered terrible fates, many of them, many, many of them have suffered fates that were awful whether you're being filleted alive or you're being burned alive or you're being fed to lions or you're having, you know, parts of your body removed or, or you know, I mean, just awful, awful. And, and yet, you know, they kept the faith. Um, they're there to pray for us and with us and offer us guidance because they've been through hell before, so to speak, right? Hopefully not literal hell, but, you know, they've been through it before. So who better to guide you on how to get through it than somebody who's been through it? So I don't want you guys to, you know, look at the news and look at social media and look at all of these things and think, oh, it's hopeless. There's nothing we can do because there is something. And the power of prayer is incredibly powerful. It might feel right now that no one is listening, but it might also just be that God is allowing things to happen because he wants more chances for people who would otherwise not have turned to him. He wants people who are like, you know, atheists who, who you know, oh no, I don't believe in anything or agnostic. I don't know what I believe um, to turn to him. He wants to get all of those people that I'm certain it was Job <laughs> was, you know, and said, you know, hey, look, this is going to go down terrible. I have to look this up. Job, Lot, it was one of those two. You know, basically, he's looking for the one good person in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's who he's looking for. Well, here we've got lots of good people, and he's trying to get them all. He's trying to get all of us. So that when his wrath comes down, his flock is spared. Now, we might not live through the situation in body, but we will in spirit, and that's the important factor. So, guys, tonight, um, like I said, I don't want to skip Afghanistan because of, um, you know, oh, we're just sick of seeing it. We can't be sick of seeing it. That's what Joe Biden and the administration is counting on. We, we get tired of seeing it and we get tired of hearing about it and we turn it off and we pretend it isn't there and um, we look the other way. That's what they're counting on. So I didn't want to talk about it tonight because I think what's more important is to remind us all that while evil might be running rampant and running boldly, God isn't sitting there quietly doing nothing. He's letting us come to him, beg him, pray to him, ask him for intercession. He's giving us the time. He's allowing us the time to pray for ourselves and to pray for others. And that's all we can do on some level, right? So I want to give you guys that hope. I want to leave you guys with that. Um, don't don't think it's, 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 oh, you know, all this stuff is going on, you know, I just, I don't have, no, take five minutes. If you can worry, you can pray. Um, 
just take five minutes and make it, you know, your daily habit. Reach out. It's like making a phone call. It's like calling your mom. Call your mom. I'm guilty. I text my mom. (laughs) But I wanted to leave you guys with that, all right? Because there is an awful lot of, of awful going on. But remember, it's not enough just to say, well, we know who wins in the end, right? Yeah, well, we want to be on that winning team too. So just saying. Okay, this went over. I know it did. Um, It is Wednesday. Oh, I forgot to even tell you what the date was. I don't even know what the date is. It's Wednesday, August 25th. So hopefully you guys are having a wonderful hump day. I hope you guys have a wonderful Thursday as well. We are almost a Friday. That song, everybody's working for the weekend or to the weekend, for the weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. Never made any sense to me as a kid, but I get it now. And it is a fantastic song. Uh, Yes, yes, everybody is working for the weekend. So as always, stay deplorable patriots. Love and God bless. And we'll catch you on Friday fun day. 